Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the game day Friday, the August 17th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's game day, baby. We're getting you ready for Dolphins and Panthers, the second installment of the 2018 Miami Dolphins football season. Expected starters playing time, what we need to see out of those starters and beyond, the coaching staff, and a whole lot more. But first, as always, I kindly invite each and every one of you guys to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review once you have done that. Give me a follow on Twitter. Vote the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter by Dolphins Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network. My piece previewing this game tonight is up there live for you guys right now, as well as a piece from staff writer Skylar Trunk breaking down the matchups for Dolphins and Panthers. And last but not least... Do yourself a favor and check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts from NBA to NFL to MLB. We got you covered on all the major sports you want to see, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. There is no Mad Dog today. We have a lot of content to cover, so let's go. That's another Miami Dolphins. Not to bury the lead on you guys here, but I first want to talk about just the roster in general and perhaps a little bit of riffing on the construction of the roster position by position and what we might be able to expect to see come week one of the regular season. And the inspiration for this segment came from the relatively ambivalent nature of the cornerback position and to a deeper degree, the secondary as a whole. And I was kicking around the idea of how they might incorporate sub packages, who will be the first guys off the bench on the defense, the whole nine yards that goes into that. And I think it's safe to borrow the same moniker lended to the offensive line and that you want your five best linemen on the field. You cross train them to a certain level and you find a way to plug the guys in at tackle, guard, center, simply based on who is the best fit for the job. Well, why can't that be the same case for other positions on the field? And it got to me thinking about the secondary and how it could apply to the secondary. We know the coaching staff and the team and the organization. Everybody loves Xavier Howard. Obviously, they feel really good about Bobby McCain and Rashad Jones, given their lengthy and sizable contracts. I imagine TJ McDonald's mediocre eight games last year wasn't enough to completely flip the tide on how they view his value. And just as clear as the love shown for Rashad, as well as McCain, based on their paydays, there is enormous amount of affection for Minka Fitzpatrick, the rookie who continues to give the Dolphins reasons to celebrate the fact that he fell to their laps at pick number 11 back in April. So I think what it really comes down to is who do you prefer to have on the field? TJ McDonald or Cordrea Tankersley slash Tory McTire slash Tony Lippett. You can excuse Tony Lippett from that group. I think he's completely out of the race at this point. I'll be surprised if he's even on the football team going into the season at this point. I don't think the Tory McTire buzz was much of an endorsement of him as much as it was an indictment of Cordrea Tankersley. And speaking of Tank, he is really struggling to grasp the mental side of things. And we saw those breakdowns last year in coverage. It wasn't just Tank that was doing it, but he was a big culprit in that aspect. And we saw the same breakdown for him in week one with Stephon Anthony in a little slant-flat combo where they both chased the flat, left the middle of the field wide open for an easy chunk gain down in the red zone for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
So I think what you might wind up seeing is the use of three safeties in that nickel package. And the reason you can do that is because of one guy, number 29, the rookie out of Alabama, Minka Fitzpatrick. He just has the mentality, the skill set to play boundary corner, slot corner, off slot corner, center field safety, robber safety. He can do it all. And I think that he really allows you to be versatile and flexible on that back end. And he is really the guy, the linchpin that allows you to put your five best guys in the field and not worry entirely about position. Because he can come down and blitz off that edge. He can fill when someone else blitzes and find that role. He can play zone. He can play man. He can flex out, cover a tight end that goes out wide, a move tight end, so to speak. I just think that you really have an opportunity to play the best five guys on this defense. And I think that that's probably what they'll do come September. And flipping it back over to the offensive side and speaking of that offensive line and getting the best five guys onto the field, the Dolphins don't have to worry about that. They have their five set. They're good to go. And I went back and looked over the offensive line performance from that game on Thursday. And I was so damn impressed with the pass protection they showed and the ability to slide protection. Tannehill had them in the right spots picking up twists and stunts. And one of my favorite parts about any of the post-practice media, whatever you want to call that, from this past week or two, was Ryan Tannehill talking after Tuesday's practice about the continuity up front. He mentioned they've already seen 200 twists, 200 stunts. Nothing that comes their way this year is going to be new to them as a group. And that was a major point of contention on this podcast, on my blog, and on my Twitter timeline, that Mike Pouncey's lack of practice really hindered what this group could do as a unit. Sure, he was a good player individually, at least in the passing game, but you can't practice, you can't play. And that was the case with Mike Pouncey. These guys are working together. They know what to expect from one another. They know where the weaknesses are. Everything seems to be gelling in one cohesive unit, and that is just fantastic news for this offense that has to keep Ryan Tannehill upright and get that quick strike passing game going, the no huddle passing game going. Everyone knowing their assignment is obviously absolutely paramount and key to that and was the entire principle behind what the offense the offseason theme was this year getting guys that prioritize football that can run the plays the right way and get them in and out of the huddle very very quickly so they really impressed on Thursday night things you always look for is how much do these guys get pushed back when there is pen- or possible penetration or pass rush even the running game whatever it is you want to see who's getting pushed backwards and I only saw one instance of a guy getting pushed back really bad and it was with Jesse Davis on a certain pass play I don't recall which one it was But he recovered quickly, eventually anchored and held strong and held Ryan Tannehill's pocket and kept it, kept the integrity of that pocket intact. So good to see them work hard one-on-ones, bull rushes, speed rushes, whatever it is, they handled it. We need to see more of that tonight in the game. And speaking of the game tonight, we're going to get into the weeds regarding that game. We'll do that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Rolling on on the Friday preview edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And we're going to go ahead and start this segment with a guy that has really, for better or worse, dominated the topics of discussion on the podcast this week. I'm talking, of course, about Devontae Parker and his middle finger injury. Broken middle finger will keep him out of the game tonight, as well as Kenny Stills on the sideline. And it brings us into the first topic I wanted to discuss in regards to this football game. I titled it The Law Firm of Wilson and Grant on the column up on LockedOnDolphins.com, talking, of course, about Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant. And this game offers a major opportunity to shift the rank of the wide receiver room 
And I sure as hell hope it does because I talked a lot about what those guys could do in a 12 personnel package with the speed deception they offer, with the ability to go jet sweep, hand the ball to them out of the backfield, throw swing routes, throw screen passes, throw shovels, throw it deep, throw hook routes, throw double, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it with these guys. And I'm really excited to see what they can work for or how they can work together for Ryan Tannehill on the first couple of series and see if he can find a rhythm and a bit of chemistry with those guys because I think they're going to be guys that are here for a lot longer term than Devontae Parker, who might not even have the entire 2018 season to play with the Miami Dolphins. So very excited to see what those guys can do both in 12 personnel as well as otherwise. Also very much looking forward to seeing what the scheme or the plan looks like. I don't think you're going to get a lot of a scheme in terms of different types of defensive coverages or blitzes or unique looks or the offense breaking out a bag of tricks. We're not going to see that, but I think, I, I hope we see a little more in regards to just dialing up things that make more sense for what they're going to do come September and not make it so much of an audition to the point to where these guys are being put in precarious positions to where they have to excel against kind of crappy odds, to be honest. And I just think you got like 30 to 35 players that you feel really good about, that you know where they stand on the depth chart. Just roll with those guys, get them into looks they're going to see come Sundays, and let's do that rather than just waste our time with this soft cover two bullshit that really isn't benefiting anybody. So is it going to be vanilla? Is it going to be a Neapolitan? I'm going to say you're probably going to have a lot of vanilla with a little bit of a dip into that strawberry side of the ice cream there. So that's the number two thing. The number three thing, that damn jerk of a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. What an asshole for calling out his rookie running back for blowing a pass protection assignment that would have gotten him blown up. We know he's a big jerk. He hasn't accomplished enough in this league to be become a leader like that so how dare he do that but in all seriousness I am excited to see the way he moves around I thought there was a couple of plays last week where he looked a little bit antsy in the pocket in terms of getting his feet going too fast and getting rid of the football too quickly but then again I understand the nature of why they made that decision to have him kind of get out and not put himself at risk so week two build upon his solid week one performance where he developed a rhythm early on. And I'm sure you're going to see a very quarterback friendly throw to start the football game off again. The next topic, and I talked about at the top of the, off the podcast, so I won't get too far into it, but just someone please sort out this damn cornerback position. I thought we talked about the other guys at the top of the depth chart, but I thought Cornell Armstrong showed a really good penchant for tackling on the outside, exactly what he did in college. And I thought Jalen Davis looked pretty nice in that game as well. So we'll see what he does and how he shakes out in game number two of his NFL career. And really just, it kind of goes back to the earlier segment talking about the vanilla defense and offense, just seeing the defense play better as a whole. Akeem Spence, don't get washed out in every single damn play. Devon Godshaw, hold your ground as well. Rayquan McMillan, get in those passing lanes and disrupt it. Xavier Howard, go get your hands on someone's shoulder pads and really mess them up before the route even begins. Win the top of the route. Be physical. Be the guy that we know that you are. Get Rashad Jones. Get Cam Wake. Get these guys cranked up. I even heard on the Move the Sticks podcast today with Daniel Jeremiah, he was talking about the Miami Dolphins in an AFC East preview, and he was saying he has confidence in our defense much more so than our offense. He mentioned they have four dudes, as he calls them, that can rush the passer in Wake, Harris, Quinn, and Hayes. He thinks our secondary is loaded up with Minka, Rashad, Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain. He loves that group back there too. So he has excitement and I should say intrigue over this defense whereas I'm on the other side of the coin I want to see the defense show more and I really trust the offense more at this point and that brings us into the final point talking about the game tonight against the Carolina Panthers down there in Charlotte another brick in the wall is the segment here 
And I'm talking about the young guys that showed their worth in game number one, that showed they earned more reps or earned more of a shot to get themselves onto the football team or what have you, whatever it was they did or needed to do to continue to build on that and just keep on laying bricks, baby. Keep on stacking up good days, good games, good weeks, whatever it is. Do what you have to do to get yourself in position for the coaching staff to notice you. We saw it last year with Devon Godshaw. He starts off camp as a fifth-round rookie draft pick that we don't expect a whole lot out of. Winds up being an opening day starter and then playing throughout the course of the season at about a 48% clip last year. So he definitely climbed the ranks. We saw it the year before that with Julius Wormsley, a practice squad cast off from Seattle, comes over, earns an opening day roster spot because he played so damn well in all of the preseason games. It didn't translate to the season for him. He wound up getting moved down off the active roster, eventually got cut, and now I don't think he's in the league anymore. But doesn't change the fact that you can really earn your stripes and get yourself a guaranteed paycheck for the NFL season by playing well in these games. And here's the names that I, I circled that did that in game one that can carry over into game two. Again, this is not talking about veterans or starters or anything, anyone that you would expect to play well. This is the group of guys that has to really has to put together three, four good games to earn a spot. Buddy Howell, the running back, thought he ran aggressively, looked very nice. Francis Owusu, the receiver from Stanford, he looked very nice catching the football. Isaiah Ford as well. I think he has a great chance to crack into this uh, wide receiver rotation come opening day. Isaac Asiata had a nice game. David Steinmetz had a nice game. Anthony Moten had a really nice game. And so did Jonathan Woodyard, the defensive end. So Howell, Owusu, Ford, Asiata, Steinmetz, Moten, and Woodard. So those are the guys I'm looking for to lay another brick in the wall, get themselves in a position where their career can start to begin at this point. So plenty to look forward to preseason game number two we're only three weeks away from the start of the nfl season stuff is coming at us fast and furious i cannot wait we'll do a prediction for the game on the other side of the podcast and talk about some announcements coming up on the locked on dolphins podcast at lethal nfl at locked on fins by the time you hear this, we should be just a couple of hours outside a kickoff for Friday night, August the 17th. Preseason game number two, Dolphins at the Carolina Panthers. Starters expected to play about a quarter or so, and then we'll go back to watching, I suppose, irrelevant football, if you want to call it that. Let's go ahead and make a prediction. We talked about the game already. I think the Panthers have the potential in this game to really smack Miami in the mouth with the ground game. And I really want to see Raekwon McMillan step his game forward and take a big leap forward because his rookie counterpart, Jerome Baker, had a huge game on Thursday against the Bucks. McMillan, not so much the same case. But I'm just not quite banking on it at this point. I think that he has a lot of room to grow, a lot of room to become a, a player that we think he can be. He's just not quite there yet. I will say the first team offense probably looks very sharp in this game, but the first team defense bends and doesn't break the way we'll probably see this season play out throughout the course of September through December. And I think Miami gets the better of the first quarter, aka the starters over their ones, ones versus ones, but eventually loses the game because of our third string, fourth string quarterback situation, which is by a large part an absolute disaster at this point. But not that the Carolina Panthers have it any better than the Dolphins do. So we will have every inch of this game covered for you guys, both on a podcast as well as a column after the game is over. I'm going to do a rewatch, get the write-up for you guys, just like last week. That should be up late tonight slash early tomorrow morning. Just depends on how fast I can get things done. And a real quick thought here. It's Thursday night recording this podcast. I watched a little bit of that Jets game, the first half against the Redskins. And Sam Darnold, he looks sharp. He looks like he has good feet, good accuracy, kind of a control of the game. But man, he's not where everyone seems to put him already. I thought he looked a little bit shaky. Our friend Joe Blewett that was on the podcast talking about Zach Thomas and what he meant to this defense. 
I saw a couple of tweets from him just irate over the Jets' defensive coverage and what Todd Bowles was doing, hanging back, allowing all these snag and hitch routes to happen right in front of them, Buster screen getting exposed like he is wont to do. So that's fun to hear, fun to hear our rival struggle. I watched that first half with a pretty big smile on my face because the Redskins thoroughly outplayed them in that game. Haven't watched the Patriots yet. Didn't watch so much of the Bills game last week. I saw Nathan Peterman went down the field. Led them to a touchdown drive, but we'll see more about them coming up this weekend. We'll talk about the other teams in the AFC East down the road on the podcast, as well as some other prediction episodes. Tons and tons of stuff for you guys coming up on the podcast. And speaking of stuff coming up on the podcast, a quick teaser for you guys heading into the weekend regarding the podcast. We have a big announcement that will roll out sometime next week on the show with a new partner with the Locked On Network. Locked On Sports Network is just growing massively as is this podcast. The audience continues to grow as we get thousands of listeners every single day. And I just could not be more appreciative of all of you fans out there listening to the podcast, allowing me to do this and come into your homes in the podcast, as well as the column and talk Dolphins football. So again, really, really appreciate all of you guys that have made that possible. But as for today's podcast, guys, I got to get out of here. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. And keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great Friday and a great game night. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Oh.